how do you think more established practitioners, so not the very junior ones, can start identifying their own bad habits or areas for improvement, especially if they don't get feedback from their peers? What do you think people can do? You very rarely do get feedback from your peers, so that's not likely to be a fruitful exercise. When people say, oh, I haven't got time to do training or, you know, I can't afford it or whatever, I'm always a bit sceptical about that, to be honest. I mean, for example, the Keeble Advocacy course, yes, it's a week out of your diary, but it's right at the end of August, which is when the courts are on go slow anyway. And we offer 25 scholarships for people who are practicing in publicly funded law and that's the only criteria it's a simple application form we don't even ask for references because we take it on trust what the applicants say and yet incredibly we can't ever fill all 25 places i don't know what the reasons are we've tried everything we can think of so i am a little bit skeptical of people who say that they just don't have the opportunity to access advocacy training But if they genuinely can't and they don't feel that even with a free scholarship to Keeble that they can give up the time to do it, then there are now increasingly smaller courses around and Zoom courses, which you can actually just do from your living room, or seminars on advocacy. So, for example, the ICCA have been doing seminars on how to do advocacy over Zoom. And you can just um, plug into that from the privacy of your study at home or whatever and watch it. There are things like this, Bibi, that you're doing. And if you look online, you can find similar things. TED Talks, I think, are a real uh, mine of useful information. If you go onto the TED website, as you know, you probably know, you can find talks by all sorts of different people talking about everything under the sun. The only criteria is that the talks are only allowed to last about 10 minutes. And there's every different type of advocacy and advocate that you will find on there. But it will teach you an enormous amount about how to craft a submission, how to keep an audience engaged, um, how to speak without notes, for example, um, how to use hand gestures and pace and tone, pause, that sort of thing. There's a lot out there. The other thing is the Internet. So, for example, I learned jury advocacy in terms of how to engage a jury by going on the Internet and just literally typing into Google presentation skills. Because what I found was that when I was talking to juries, I ended up talking to one person and sort of getting drawn in to one person and not being able to bring in the other 11. And on Google, I literally found a presentation skills thing, which is about 10 minutes, and it taught two or three things. But one of which was that when you're addressing an audience, instead of staring at one person the whole time, what you do is you make a point looking slightly to the left and then you'll make another point where you look slightly to the right. And then the third point, you look in the middle. And the fourth one, if it's a jury, you might sort of look slightly sort of left-ish. Um, and so that way, you're deliberately breaking up where you're looking. And so you're not staring down one person who happens to be in your eye line so that they feel uncomfortable and everybody else gets excluded. And that's literally how I learned that. And then I just went and practiced it. And it works. Same with adjusting pace and tone. I got that, I think, from the same 10-minute video that I found on Google. So there's an enormous amount out there, but you have to make the effort to go and find it and watch it, and then you've got to make the effort to go and practice it. And the other thing is, do what I did. Go to court. Go and find a case where there are some really good silks doing some really good advocacy and watch them, and you'll learn a lot from that. 
we've spoken about this before and I have looked at TED Talks and there have been a few presenters where I thought, oh, I get it. That's the pace that I should go at. Or I love the way that she paused or I, I really enjoyed the way that he drew the crowd in and using those as examples for, say, any submissions that I might be making. So I think that's a really great tip. Yeah, and it's free as well, of course. That's the other advantage of TED. And it's got every type of topic and every type of speaker as well. So you can pick a mix, you know, whoever, wh whatever you're interested in. They're all good, but some of them are outstanding and some of them are just good. And the ones that I always think are outstanding are the ones that have put a bit of themselves into the presentation, whereas the ones that are just good are the ones that have held a bit of themselves back, probably because of nerves. But you start to be able to see that as well, which is of itself a useful advocacy tip. Can I ask you what you mean by that? Seeing a bit of themselves, because I think conceptually, I understand it. But when it comes to translating and me putting it into practice, I'm not entirely sure. And there might be people that aren't quite clear about that either. In your daily lives, when you come across somebody, generally, if they're not being authentic, they're not being true to themselves, you'll realise it. Either because you'll just, you'll know it straight away, or you'll just have this slightly uneasy feeling, maybe that you can't articulate. The same is true with advocacy. And I often say to people, particularly junior practitioners, look, there is no stereotypical advocate. So you don't need to come here and suddenly start talking like an, what you think a barrister should talk like and putting on a different persona. You are here because you are, you are yourself. You're good enough as you are. And good advocates come in all shapes and sizes. And it, you don't have to change your fundamental way you speak, the person that you are. What you need to do is to learn the basic skills, the basic techniques, and then put that in with the person that you are in order to become the advocate that you're going to become. Because I do think that authenticity is key. Because if you've got authenticity, then you will have trust. Um, whereas if you are clearly playing a part, um, I do think, I think people notice that and they don't trust you as much. People feel that they need to somehow become, you know, a, a character from a John Mortimer novel or something like that. And the answer is you absolutely do not and don't waste time trying. What you are is more than good enough. And all you have to do is learn the techniques that will just make your advocacy that bit better. Thank you for listening to the Advocacy Podcast, Journeys to Excellence. If you enjoyed the episode, please subscribe and visit us at theadvocacypodcast.com for reading lists and other resources. Until next time.